3: The latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten.
2: Scott Goldbranson, along with Mo Moten, we are your hosts here on Silver & Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Please subscribe wherever you get your audio. Don't forget to turn on that auto-download. If you're watching us on YouTube, hello to you, and thanks for the subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like button helps, too, but also hit the notifications bell. That way you know every time... We have a new video. Well, we're going to get into it. Lots of lots of folks, Mo. There's, as you can imagine, the Raiders missed the playoffs again. Season's coming to an end. Playing for Pride and maybe Antonio Pierce at this point. But everybody's got a lot to say. And uh, as you <laughs> will hear, a lot has to do with the coaching situation. And, of course, just a teaser for tomorrow's show, Thursday's show. We're going to get into some of the coaching Prospects, especially one Mister Jim Harbaugh, which you'll hear about from readers and listeners today, oh. as well as talking about the offense and, of course, previewing the Denver Bronco game. So that'll be all on tomorrow on Thursday's show. All right, Mo. So let's dive in here because people people got a lot to say, right? I mean, there's there's we're getting ready. Raider fans are used to this over the years now, unfortunately, <laughs> which is getting ready for the excitement or whatever you want to call it of the off season, and um, it 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 centers around the unknowns, right? GM, coach, quarterback, those types of things. So we're going to jump right into this. Um, but but what do you I mean? Before we do that, what do you hear like when you I, I you interact with a lot of folks like I do in social media? What are you hearing from folks overall as it relates to, because uh, our good friend Tarek from Chicago is first up here with a voicemail, but, but tell us what you're hearing as far as the coaching situation, just the overall mood of folks as they get ready for the offseason.
1: Folks are scared out of their wits that if the Raiders hire Jim Harbaugh that he's going to draft J.J. McCarthy no matter what. <laughs> I was on X on what was it Tuesday night? And I had to just throw some common sense out there. Mm. Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the Michigan Wolverines today. His quarterback is JJ McCarthy. They are about to play in their most important game of their collegiate careers. Harbaugh has never won a natty. Obviously JJ McCarthy never won a national championship. Of course, he's going to make it seem like JJ McCarthy is the best quarterback in the country these are 19, 18, 20, 20, 21-year-old college players. Confidence goes a long way with them. Not to say it doesn't go along with adults, but especially younger athletes. So he has to make it seem like when you listen to him speak that J.J. McCarthy is my guy. He is the best quarterback in the country. Of course he's going to sell that to you because <laughs> it's his quarterback in, in, before a big game. It just doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to draft J.J. McCarthy – if he goes to the NFL, it just means that he's doing his job as a collegiate head coach and motivating his quarterback. Let's be serious, people.
2: <laughs> it's funny, and I laugh because, uh, and believe me, I, you, 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 in today's world, especially when you have the anonymity of sitting behind a keyboard or your phone um, on a, on a platform like x.com where you don't even have to put your picture up; people don't know who you are. And you say, I mean, people's absolutes blow my mind. You know, we, we, I was going back and forth with a couple guys, some level headed, saying, Hey, look, if this, ha- if Harbaugh comes, this might happen. If he doesn't come, this might happen. You know, kind of just going back and forth about the positives and negatives, which I think is, is great. Like anytime you look at someone as a coach of your football team, nobody's perfect. Everybody's got, Baggage. Everybody's got things they do really, really well and other things that they do not do well. But I love the people like, well, if he's the coach, they're going to be mediocre. Or if he's a coach, it's another Josh McDaniels. It's like Josh McDaniels never had a winning record in the NFL. Okay, Um, Jim Harbaugh went to three straight NFC championship games, including a Super Bowl. So to me, you can say you don't like Jim Harbaugh. I'm totally fine with that. I'm not saying Jim Harbaugh is going to be the only other candidate, by the way, either but to go from 0 to 100 like he's either not coming or if he comes it's going to be a disaster is just really interesting. So I mean that's where people are with extremes today. They just they just are. But they I understand mo it comes from a place where they just want their team to be good.
1: It also comes from a place where certain people just want certain candidates to win the job. So if you're not if you're a fan of a certain candidate, you're going to th- throw dirt on the other candidates because you're rooting for a certain <laughs> candidate to get the job. And I sure. get that. I do too. And I, I, but, I, but like I said, I just will say that with the whole Jim Harbaugh conversation, you have to understand that one, he has to make the decision to make the jump to the NFL. We'll talk about that. And it seems like it could happen based on something that he's done in the past week. Two, yeah. let's remember that Jim Harbaugh, because a lot of people want to compare him to John Gruden and say, well, he hasn't been in the NFL for a while. He's outdated. Just understand, as I said in a previous episode, that a lot of what you're seeing in the NFL now is what the college game is doing. So it right. used to be the college players have to fully adjust to what the NFL is doing. Now it's not, it's not like that in today's world. Now you have to kind of cater to what that player had done best on the collegiate level. And Jim Harbaugh, being in college for so long and being successful, didn't win a Natty yet as of today, but he's turned around every program that he's gone to in, on the collegiate level. So he knows how to motivate young players. Yes. And as you said, he has a seventy. He he's gone to he's gone to Super Bowl. He's gone to multiple NFC championships. He's a seventy percent win percentage in the NFL. I'd I'd rather take my chance on that. And you have the other one last point about comparing him to Gruden. Remember, Gruden was out of the game. Gruden was in the Monday Night Football booth. Jim right. Harbaugh is still an active head coach. I, while I see, I can see people drawing the dots. It's not the same.
2: Correct. And Gruden also went to one championship game, the NFC Championship game, okay, and a Super Bowl, right? And I know a lot of people will talk about, well, he inherited Tony Dungy's team. It wasn't that bad of a team. It doesn't matter. He still got there, right? So, so the comparisons, I know people always look for comparisons because it helps you kind of wrap your mind around who that person may be, but those comparisons can also be apples and oranges. So you got to be careful with that. All right. We're going to get to our first call here and it's our good friend Tarek from Chicago. Let's see if Tarek's in Chicago. I know he's been vacationing, so we'll see where he's at. Here's Tarek in Chicago.
0: Hi, Mo. Hi, Scott. Uh, how you guys doing? This is Tarek from Chicago. I'm currently in Denver for work. I just wanted to call and, uh, uh talk a little bit about the state of the Raiders. Um I think uh again, very frustrating to lose the game against the Colts, but listen, Antonio Pierce has done more than enough to warrant receiving uh the permanent job as the Raiders head coach. He knows the Raiders culture. He has turned the the players around, he's turned the culture around in a re- really short time, and he's worked with what he has inherited. Um and you know, this speaks to Mark Davis. I think uh let's let's focus on that for a second. Mark Davis I think the only thing he's done right as an owner is to uh, make some connections to get us a beautiful new stadium. He gets definitely gets credit for that, but other than that, he's made one poor decision after another. When Mark Davis took over for the late great Al, uh, he was quoted as saying, "I know what I don't know," and and so you know he needs to live up to that. So uh, he brought in. I, I, my biggest concern is that um, the Raiders' offense has been struggling and Mark Davis is going to, again, go in the direction of an offensive-minded coach-slash-big-fish, but that just hasn't worked out. Uh, Reggie McKenzie was a disaster. Dennis Allen was a disaster. John Gruden, you gave him 10 years, $100 million after he was off the sidelines for nine years. You pursued him for six years. Mike Mayock was arguably the worst GM in the NFL, probably in Raiders history. His draft picks were just terrible. You bring in McNuggets and Ziegler, who were also just disgraceful (laughs) the decisions they made. And you know what? You're still paying these guys. I would not be surprised if he's still paying Mayock. We know he's paying Gruden. We know he's going to be paying uh, McNuggets and Ziegler for four years. So, Get it right. You got to finally get it right. You got to stabilize the franchise with with some consistency. Go ahead and retain Champ Kelly as the GM. Go ahead and retain Antonio Pierce as soon as the, as soon as the season ends, because he knows the Raiders culture, and that's more important than than most non Raider fans know. I mean, that's just something that is vital to the success moving forward and you saw glimpses of it in the regular season and i want to kind of jokingly but seriously say that a prerequisite for the raiders next head coach no visor anytime you bring in a guy who's a big fish and sports the visor it always ends up being some kind of a disaster now that sounds kind of comical but if mark davis goes in another direction and brings in a quote-unquote big fish i'm going to personally drive out to vegas and give that man a haircut (laughs) and possibly smack him across the face because that'd just be another poor decision in a line of poor decisions that would set the franchise back probably for another five years stabilize the front office focus on the draft focus on free agency antonio pierce has certainly warranted the right to uh
2: oh tarek cut off there tarek good call man okay Uh, (laughs) There's a lot there, though. There's a lot there. there's a lot there. And and, and and I'm going to go in on one thing real quick, because I want to get your comment on this, too. And that is, I don't disagree with almost everything he said uh, as far as what Mark Davis's decisions on the football side have been. They've been poor. He mentioned Dennis Allen. He mentioned John Gruden, who, by the way, everyone loved the John Gruden hire. So don't go back and say you didn't like it. Even though it was 10 years, not everybody, but most fans did. Most fans did. Yeah, a lot of fans love the the girls. Correct. I'm not talking about football side people. I'm talking about fans. But you look at this situation, what Tarek said there is, you know, bringing in these guys, the offensive-minded coach, they need to understand the Raider culture. They need to – and that's what Antonio Pierce does – I don't disagree that Antonio Pierce has done a fine job with what he was given. We talk about it all the time here on the show. I will say this, though. The same people arguing what Tarek argued, which is a very logical, well-thought-out position, um, ignore all of the factors around Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's first coaching job. Who hired him? Al Davis hired him. Jim Harbaugh knows the Raiders' culture. Jim Harbaugh is not Josh McDaniels or Dennis Allen or any of the other coaches who failed under Mark Davis. he He's a winner. He's won everywhere he's been. So I understand and don't disagree with Tarek's point, Mo, but in the case of one can, and I'm not saying it's going to be Jim Harbaugh, but if it is, if that's the guy, if that's one of the guys, um, you can't use that argument with Jim Harbaugh. I just don't see the connection there.
1: So two things here. I, I understand the pushback of fans saying, don't yes. go get the... Big Fish, get the guy who's turned a mess around. And I've said it on the show. Antonio Pierce has earned you know, a, a strong consideration for the job. Yes. I, I still believe that even after the Colts loss. Mm-hmm. But I also will say that if you, if you don't want to take the big risk, if you want to see the, the Raiders turn around you know, what's been some disappointing years, Wouldn't the best-case scenario be a guy with a proving track record of winning, as you just said? Right. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has has a 70 – I'm going to say this again. For people listening out there, Jim Harbaugh has won 70-plus percent of his games as an NFL head coach and as a collegiate head coach. A lot of people say he couldn't beat Ohio State. Guess what? He built a juggernaut in Michigan, and now he's beaten Ohio State multiple times, you know, straight years, going for a national championship. There was a good story that Joe Klatt shared, and I want to mention Joe Klatt's name you know, clearly because he shared this story on another station. He said that when Michigan was struggling against Ohio State, he called his brother up and he said, you know, give me your brightest you know, coaches off your staff. And that's why Mike McDonald went from Baltimore to Michigan. Was a defensive coordinator there for a year, I believe in 2021, and then went back to Baltimore. He's now the defensive coordinator there. Uh, so This is a guy who not only has won, hasn't won, a, hasn't won a title yet, but has think of, think of it as as you said, consecutive national uh, NFC championships. Now competing for a national championship, and he he works well with other young, bright coaches. A lot of people want to compare him to Gruden and say, "Oh, he doesn't get along with people." And I get it; I understand how it ended in San Francisco didn't end well, but. As I, as I just shared the story from Joe Klatt, relayed from Joe Klatt, he, he can work with the staff and build the staff. He's elevated quarterbacks. Remember, when he went to the Super Bowl, he had Colin Kaepernick as, as his quarterback. At the time, Colin Kaepernick was not a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback. Mm-hmm. He, got the, he, he, got, he moved on from Alex Smith, elevated Colin Kaepernick. So he knows how to work with quarterbacks. He knows how to work with young coaches. He's won before. This is not a similar situation to Josh McDaniels where Josh McDaniels wasn't the guy. Josh McDaniels was part of a dynasty, but he was the offensive coordinator. It's a difference being the head coach of a winning franchise or winning program, which is what John Jim Harbaugh has been. So I just want to say that if you're if you're tired of the rebuilds, if you're tired of losing and you're tired of big swings at at, at candidates who May not live up to or perform up to standards. I would say getting a getting a coach like Jim Harbaugh with his track record, with his history, seems like the right move. Is is it the best move over over Antonio Pierce? That's something that we can debate. But sure. if the two were going up for the job, I would say Jim Harbaugh is the better choice simply because you he has a better chance of competing twice a year with Sean Payton. And Andy Reed, now, I know the Raiders just beat the Chiefs with Andy Reed, but are you trusting a guy who's as inexperienced as Antonio Pierce or a guy who's done it and won before on the pro level
2: right and 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 some people will take your last what you said last there, well, his inexperience, and they'll take that as you don't like him <laughs> or, I know. which is which is not true, which you just praised the guy and said that he is a bonafide candidate for the job no question and and he's done an excellent job for what he was given uh that said that's the point and and look we don't know if jim if jim harbaugh does come back in the nfl which it looks like it's going to happen doesn't mean that he chooses the raiders there's going to be other teams that are going to be suitors as well so so it's not like the raiders it's the raiders or michigan it's it's the raiders and two other teams including the chargers apparently from what we see reports from our good friends at la football network they, they might want him. Other teams might want him. The reason they may want him is because they, of, of all the things you just laid out. So you look at that and you say, okay, so you have to consider that. Again, I said it yesterday on X, which was you can't get all emotional because you like a guy's style or because he's a good man. And that's who Antonio Pierce is. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a shot at it. And it doesn't mean that you don't consider others. You have to consider other candidates. You can't. You can't just say, hey, you did a great job for us in a bind, so we're giving you the job. As many, as many people I've heard say that, I think to myself, well, that's great. But then next year, if they start off one and eight, what are you going to tell me? Are you going to say, well, at least he's a good dude? No, you're not. You're not going to say that. And I'm not saying that Antonio Pierce would fail because I don't know that. Nobody knows that. So there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of, po- as I said at the beginning, a lot of positives, a lot of challenges for each coaching candidate. So you have to evaluate those and you have to be honest with it and look at it from a 50,000-foot level level, and and be honest with yourself. Don't just say that he deserves a job because you like him and he's a Raider. And oh, by the way, you could argue that Jim Harbaugh is more of a Raider than Antonio Pierce because he spent more time and he was a coach there. That's where he started his career. So the arguments people are using are more emotional than they are logical. Here's the thing. Here's what would make me
1: think about things between if it were between Antonio Pierce and Jim Harbaugh straight out, I would ask Antonio Pierce, who do you plan on bringing in as your OC? Yeah, that, that would definitely shape my decision because like I said, heart with Harbaugh, you know, he's elevated quarterbacks where he's gone. Yeah. So he's done again. He's done it before. If you're the Raiders and you have to get a franchise quarterback, you could say Jim Harbaugh has done it before. He's, as I said, I mentioned Colin Kaepernick uh, when he moved on from Alex Smith in San Francisco. He's now in Michigan. Who knows how good J.J. McCarthy would be if Jim Harbaugh was not there. Now, a lot of people are not going to give him credit for Andrew Luck because they're saying, well, Andrew Luck was a transcendent candidate. But at that age, at Stanford, Andrew Luck needed coaching. He d- Andrew Luck just doesn't become good because <laughs> he's Andrew Luck. He has to grow with coaching and, grow and develop with coaching and jim harbaugh yeah. was there for that yeah he was early formative years so again but then I'm you have to compliment
2: it, him mo and that would go against their coach the, the, the folks who don't want harbaugh that would go against their argument so they won't admit that
1: all i'm saying is that if i'm hiring antonio pierce i need to know who his offensive coordinator is going to be because if it's right. if it's if it's bo Hardegree, no if it's adam Gase, because he's he's I don't want to say it's close to Adam Gates, but there are some connections. They've connected dots. I believe he consulted Adam Gates as one of the coaches yes. that he brought in during the bye week. Adam Gates was one of them. Marvin Lewis being another one. Tom Coffin was another one. But Adam Gates was the offensive mind that he he kind of brought in to sit in his in his meetings. Adam Gates hasn't had a offense ranked 17th or better in any of his years after the, Pey- after the two Peyton Manning years in Denver. So after he right. left Peyton Manning in Denver – he was with Miami for a bit. He was with Bears for a bit. he's he with the Jets for a bit. None of those offense were in the top half of the league in, in yards or scoring. So if he's bringing in Adam Gaze, I'm, I'm definitely not in on that. I'm yeah. choosing Harbaugh. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just, looking, I'm just looking at it from the perspective of I need to develop a young quarterback. Who's best suited to do that right now? Yes. Antonio Pierce and Adam Gaze or Jim Harbaugh? Or Antonio Pierce and <laughs> Hardigree or Jim Harbaugh?
2: All I- right. It's, it's an easy one when you talk about it that way. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick break here on the mailbag edition on this Wednesday in January, the first Wednesday in January. Happy New Year again to you. You're with Scott. You're with Mo Silver and Black today coming right back after this. All right, here we're back. Mailbag edition of Silver and Black today on this Wednesday. Thank you for being with us. Mo Moten, Scott Branson, with you. And we are getting right back to the calls. The next one comes from our good friend, Mo. Swag Jeff from Raiders uh, Fan Radio called in and left us a message. So here's Jeff.
4: Scott, Mo. Swag Jeff from Raiders Fan Radio. How are you guys doing, man? First and foremost, I want to say, Scott, thank you again so much for coming to Middle Tennessee last week to do a super fun show of Raiders fan radio. And we even got Mo on. What do you think about that, man? That's pretty awesome. Um, (laughs) Hey, man, look, I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it sweet, man. Antonio Pierce, he needs to be hired. You know, I understand you can't make the change midseason, whatever it is. But come the last snap of the regular season, postseason, God forbid, this guy needs to be made the full head coach. You know, I think we saw Mark talk about Mark Davis. Talk about how he kind of regretted not bringing in Riss full-time, all that stuff. Well, now he has a chance to kind of make a similar decision once again. And what do we always say about Antonio Pierce? Those first couple of wins, amazing, got the team rallied, got the team fired up. But emotions are fleeting. They're not sustainable. So what we've seen over the course of the last couple of weeks is a team that is playing for his coach um, and all that stuff. And what we see with the player development with some of these young guys, Malcolm Coons Rob, or Bob Spillane, you know, all these guys, Jack Jones, all this stuff, that's not fleeting. The development of these young players and getting them and putting them in positions to be successful, win the game, all that stuff, that's not fleeting. That is sustainable. So I think we get the right offensive uh, coordinator in the mix this off-season draft smart do what we got to do maybe pick up justin Fields. maybe not whatever let's just bring in every quarterback that isn't currently on a team or doesn't want to play for their current <laughs> team bring everybody <laughs> in have an open tryout and make the best quarterback win but much respect to you yeah. guys uh can't wait to listen to the show love you guys go raiders
2: there you go swag jeff my guy awesome. swag jeff yes he said, you our were, show. he said you were on the show when i was down there i, I barely remember yeah, because you were f- completely fried by the I was time very I tired. got on. Yes, I was very tired. Very tired,
1: tired. <laughs> and that's what you want to call it.
2: Oh man, uh, <laughs> Jeff, man, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Such such good folks, as I said, uh, all the folks at Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, man, I can't thank them enough for hosting me down there. It was a, it was a great great time. Uh, but to his point, Antonio Pierce, and I think this is Jeff's point of view. And if you watch their show, you know this is nothing new because they've talked about it and. Uh, When they Mm -hmm. were at Crab Fest for the Blitnikoff Foundation, they met with Antonio Pierce, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's great. And I think everything he's... like, I don't disagree with anything he said. Um, I think he did touch on one thing we talked about before the break, Mo, and that was great. Antonio Pierce, absolutely. Development on the defense, which Patrick Graham deserves a lot of credit for that as well. Patrick Graham may be probably... I don't know that he'll get a job, but he will be a head coaching candidate around the league. You can guarantee he will get interviews. So there's no guarantee he comes back. Uh, But... At that same time, he mentioned, well, bring in a good offensive coordinator. Well, as we talked about with the Harbaugh situation earlier, you tap into the people you know. And so we don't know. I know Antonio Pierce knows a lot of people. If it's if it's Gase, like you said earlier, eh, who else does he know? That's the problem. And then suddenly you're like, well, wait a minute. Champ Kelly can go find a, uh, uh, an offensive coordinator. Well, Champ Kelly's not a football coach. Champ Kelly is a GM. His, his job is more on the – yeah, he's got to hire coaches – and get recommendations, but he's not into the coaching tree business. He doesn't know, he doesn't have relationships with coaches like other coaches do. So to me, Jeff brought it up right there, which I think is all the positives about Antonio Pierce you can't argue with, but the challenges for Antonio Pierce certainly start to emerge when you start to say, well, just go get an offensive coordinator. Easier said than done, Mo.
1: Here's what I'll say, because I want to make this clear before people misquote or don't hear me well on this. I uh,
2: forget him. It's okay. You can just all, say
1: what you want. All the positive things that Jeff brought up about Antonio Pierce is why I believe he's a strong candidate. The develop. Yep. The, I talked about it on Sports Night. I talked about it on the show. The player development is there. The defense uh, has an extra sh- swagger with Antonio Pierce at the helm as the interim. Uh, he has the buy-in of the locker room. See, he has all those those check marks right there. Now, as I said, the big question is, and you pointed out who is who would be his coordinator if he were the head coach i i know that with antonio pierce if he's the full-time head coach i know that my defense is going to play at a higher level i know that he can elevate my linebacker core because he's also done that Robert Spillane is, is a great example and i know that he's going to be a motivator in that locker room but at the same time what is the biggest objective for the raiders this offseason find All their sense. franchise quarterback And then after that, it will be developing that quarterback. So Antonio Pierce, when he sits down in that interview, he's going to have to have a quarterback plan. He's going to have to have an offensive plan. And we'll talk about this on Thursday. The Raiders should blow up their offensive plan because that's Josh McDaniel's system that didn't work. So next season, they're going to have to start. They should start a, a clean slate on offense. I'm not saying trade everyone. But the system, the scheme has to be different. Antonio Pierce has to be able to work with someone to bring forth a productive system that's going to score more than 20 points a game with some consistency. So I'm with Swag Jeff on the good things about Antonio Pierce. Now, as I said, the big question, something we can't answer is, who's your OC? What's your offense going to look like?
2: Right. And coming in with that plan to start a season is much different. And this is why, and uh, this is the last time I'll mention it because I don't – Again, I'm not bringing this up as an anti-Antonio Pierce stat. It's not what it is. But if you look at since 2000, so the last 23 years, if you look at interim coaches who have taken over and you look at their success rate after that, especially those who got the job full time after being interim, it's never worked out well. There's only been one example, and that was Jason Garrett in Dallas, who took over as an interim and went on in three straight years after that to make the playoffs. But then, of course, you know, Jason Garrett never got very far in the playoffs, got fired later on. But he did have success. Getting to the playoffs, you know, you get there, got to give the guy credit for that. But every other example, there's been no example of that happening. I mean, even if you look, somebody brought up Dan Campbell to me yesterday. Dan Campbell, as an interim head coach, was 5-7, and didn't get the job, went back into the coordinator position, became the assistant head coach, Right. And uh, New Orleans. Oh, yes. And um, that's a lot more experience than just being a linebacker coach. I'm not again, not putting down Antonio Pierce, just saying Dan Campbell's journey to head coach was much longer and he had a lot more experience. So even though they have very similar personalities because they're both motivators, both amazing leaders of men, you can't compare. That's why it's dangerous to com- to make comparisons sometimes. So I just want to put that out there. All right. We're going to get to an uh, email from our good friend Gary Harkin Reader, who says, uh, Happy New Year, guys, sort of. I wasn't able to watch or listen to the game. Just watch the highlights. There's also going to be uh, questionable officiating always. What I gleaned from the highlights was simply that the Colts wanted it more than the Raiders. So let's move on and beat the Broncos. That's from Gary Harkin Reader, our good, good friend who writes in all the time. So, Gary, Happy New Year to you, too. And, yes, the Colts... <coughs> The Colts are a bona fide playoff team. Now they got to beat the Texans this weekend. Uh, but, but certainly you talked about it. And I know people were giving you gruff on, on, on online about it yesterday. The, the, the Raiders came out flat. They just didn't come out. And it wasn't blaming the time zone. It's just they just didn't come out on fire like they did against Kansas City.
1: Two things. I could tell Gary Harker Reader isn't too happy because usually Gary Harker Reader <laughs> writes a longer email. He, he kept it short and sweet this time. Yeah. Yes. Gary seems ticked <laughs> about that performance. But no, in all, in all seriousness, I, I you, you said it. On the last show, I mentioned the Raiders just came out flat. So Gary is on point with that. Even though he didn't watch the full game and just watched the highlights, he's pretty much uh, on target with it. The Raiders didn't want it as much as the Colts in that game. Yeah, they they played on Eastern time zone. And as I said, that's not an excuse. I want to make that clear for the gentleman who who questioned whether I said that was an excuse for the Raiders or not. I'm not saying that was an excuse, but it's in the Raiders history that when they go to East Coast time zones, technically, for the most part, they have struggled. Now, they did it on back-to-back games on a short week. So you're coming off of an emotional win of Kansas City, and then you have to get up for another team that's in the playoff hunt. It's tough to do. Again, yeah. not an excuse, but there is a there's a higher level of difficulty there, especially when you're on the road and back-to-back games outside of your natural times that you're used to playing it. So I just want to put that out there. But Gary is right. Uh, the Colts came out ready to play. The Raiders came out flat. And as I said, I pointed out the point where Max Crosby had to kind of gather the troops around, give them a pep talk, because the Raiders needed it. And they dug themselves a 14-3 hole, and they weren't able to dig themselves out. The offense didn't click to midway through the third quarter, and that's the result you get. They only lost 23-20, but you, throughout that game, the box score can, I don't want to say lie to you, but it can be mixed, misleading. Aiden O'Connell, if you look at the box score, oh, he did pretty well. Had a quarterback rating above 90, I believe, through took two touchdown passes. But for the Raiders' offense not to get it together until midway through the third quarter, it's just not good enough against a team uh, that's in the playoff hunt and playing relatively well.
2: Absolutely. Gary, Happy New Year to you, too, as well. Now we're going to get to our third caller. Uh, the third caller, this is important to you guys. When you call in, by the way, when you call us, make sure you leave your name because a lot of times uh, we get calls and and you're not leaving your name. and And so we can't tell people who you are. And you can't take credit for your brilliant call. So make sure you do that. 702-900-7869 is the number. 702-900-7869 if you want to leave us a a message coming up after the weekend. Uh, So here's a call. I don't know who you are. So you'll have to like ping us online or let us know who you are. You can call back in next week. But here's an anonymous call. (laughs) I say anonymous just because you didn't leave your name. But here's call number three.
5: Hey, uh, Scott. How's it going? Hey, I'm... I'm kind of new to the show. Um, I just pray that so I to you guys and like your content, you and, uh, Mo, Mo You guys, uh, you know, get to the point, you know, you guys are, you guys are candid about, you know, your, your, your feedback from the team. Um, but I, I think with this team, we need to be careful. You know, um, I think one of the biggest things that you can do as a person is make a decision based off of uh, an emotion. And I feel like there's a lot of emotions right now with the Raiders and, us wanting to win. So my, my thought process for this off season, which whatever happens, um, you know, um, we, we should, they, they should consider sign a consultant or somebody in between, somebody that can facilitate some of those things with, with the organization. Because, um, you know, we made it's a critical It's a, it's critical. what has been going on in the last 20 years. We don't want to make any more mistakes. And I think the best way to do it is start from the top, um, hire some type of facilitator or, I don't know, somebody in between, somebody higher than a GM, somebody that can kind of – that knows what they're doing and can kind of coach these, these guys. But it has to start from the top. You know, you can't put the cart in front of the horse. You know, like um, you got to start from the top. That person hires the GM and then from there it goes on. You can't go – I feel like with the coaching staff that we have, we can't hire somebody and then they have to kind of get along or, or try to figure each other out. It's got to start from the very top, so um, I want it carefully um, built. So um, that's my only thought. thought. And, and like I said, I want, to, I want to keep Devontae, And and honestly, with this off season, uh, we need to get a quarterback for sure. I mean, I mean, Aiden McConnell's going to be fine. You know, he might he might be good in a couple of years, but um, we have a lot. We have a lot of stuff we still need to work on. But we have to draft a quarterback and and possibly pick up a, another receiver, possibly the. To help out um because I don't think I don't think Brent was gonna be there in the offseason and of course offensive line is gonna be a priority but I just want that's how I feel I just want I just don't want another issue in three to five years so I think like I said if you start off from the top and you, and you get your management in line um, you can have success so um that's all I had about that but love the show um love your content uh, keep doing your thing
2: there you go I'm not sure who you are great call though. Mo, I think he brought up a lot of good, good points there uh, that that are are valid, which I think to his point about, and I say it all the time on the show, right? and and i don't I don't criticize fans for being emotional. That's what a fan is, right? You're supposed to be emotional about your team. And Raider fans are so deep in their fandom and they love their team and their culture that I get it. But as the caller said, this is a big decision, and so you don't just run into it and say, oh, I like the guy because he did this or did that. You have to really be methodical in how you build this thing going forward.
1: Here's what I got from that call. I don't think whoever that caller is, I, it sounds like he doesn't trust Mark Davis making executive decisions. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> because true, he too. Talked, he talked about bringing in uh, someone as a kind of go-between who's, like, as, he, as the caller said, knows what he's doing. Uh, because clearly Mark Davis has struck out at the plate when it comes to hiring GMs and head coaches. Now the John Gruden situation was out of his reach. Um, yeah. Again, NFL investigation into the Washington football team revealed some emails that he had uh, a, nearly a decade ago or more. So uh, Mark Davis couldn't foresee that happening. So I won't put that on Mark, but I will say that I believe to Reed, the athletic brought up bringing in a team president who makes the football decisions, because as Tarek said on our first call, Mark uh, Mark Davis has already admitted that he has to acknowledge that he, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. So that's acknowledging I'm not a football guy like my dad, like my late father was. But I can bring in some football people who know the game better than I do, who can make those critical decisions. I think that's what this call is talking about. So to tie Tarek's call to this call, I believe there's some symmetry and agreement there. I will say this though, as he said, it starts at the top, and a lot of people say Mark Davis needs to sell the team. That ain't happening, folks. This <laughs> caller didn't say that, but guess no. what? The team is making too much money; it's printing money. Mark Davis ain't selling, so the best thing, the best case scenario is Mark Davis has to have some knowledgeable people, knowledgeable football people in his ears, so that he makes this decision, the best decision for the Raiders moving forward. Because, as this caller said, it's critical. Because if he makes the wrong hire this time, And the team gets set back another three years. You're wasting the good years of Max Crosby, uh, the final years of Devontae Adams if he stays, and some other good players that are developing. So, again, you want to capitalize on what the Raiders have right now, and that's a good defense and some pretty good offensive pieces in Devontae Adams. Jacoby Myers is a good number two wide receiver. You still have Colton Miller, who's in the uh, prime of his career. So you don't want to waste that. You have to get the decision right first. It starts with the GM. I know a lot of people want to talk about the head coach, but it starts with the GM who's going to be knee-deep in the draft decisions because, let's be honest, the Raiders haven't drafted well for a while. Since Since the Reggie McKenzie year with Derek Carr and the Khalil Mack class, the Raiders have not drafted relatively well. So the GM is important as the head coach because the GM is the guy that's going to make those calls on draft day. So the Raiders have to draft well, so it's important to get the right GM, and the Raiders have to develop talent well, which they've struggled to do before Antonio Pierce. So they have to get the head coaching, right, head coaching decision right. And then those guys together have to get the quarterback decision right.
2: Right. And there was a, there was a writer up on SportsNot on November 1st. Remember that day, the day that they fired Josh McDaniels, who wrote a piece about how Mark Davis needed to do things differently. I, I, think, I think his name is Scott. And I want to <laughs> I I quote my story because the caller brought it up. And I said, quote, the entire mindset Raiders owner Mark Davis uses in his role as owner of the one story franchise must change or it is doomed to repeat past mistakes. Right. So this Mm -hmm. is the point. This is where I recommended humble me doesn't know anything about front office football that that he hire like an executive vice president of football, somebody who knows football, somebody who is so steeped, has relay all that kind of stuff. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think it gets to the caller's point about who do you rely on? Who do you go to mm-hmm. for? Because Mark Davis, as you said, said, I don't know what I don't know. So if that's the case, go find somebody who can help you decide. And whether or not he's doing, he might be doing that. We don't know. I don't necessarily believe he needs to tell people he's doing that, right? It's none of our business. It's his business. He can do what he wants. But I, I do agree with the caller. It's, it's a very good point there as well. So thank you for the call. Please let us know what your name was because it was was a great call, and we appreciate you being a new listener as well, so that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Someone who's not a new listener that we know very, very well here, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so choked up about it, uh, on YouTube and on the podcast is Raider27. 27. Raider27, 27, here's his call.
3: Hey, Scott, Midtown Mo, it's Raider27. You know what, I just thought it's amazing to me after all these coaches we've gone through and every one of them says, We're going to change the culture. No one ever thought, oh, they're the Raiders. They have a culture. All they got to do is let the players be Raiders, and the culture will take care of itself. So you guys hope you had great holidays, and um, thanks. Raider 27 out.
2: There you go, Raider 27. We appreciate you, man. Um, It's a good point. And you know what? I think whether it's Antonio Pierce or Jim Harbaugh or whoever else – But I think those two guys, they understand the Raider culture because they've both been in it. And number two, that is a very Al Davis thing, right? Al Davis's whole point about, you know, why did you bring on Lyle Alzado? Why did you bring on John Matuzak? And what did those players, why did they love Al Davis so much? Because Al Davis's mantra was, let people be who they are.
1: And that was a good point I was going to come to is that that's another reason why Antonio Pierce is a strong candidate. Mm-hmm. I remember Vinny Bonsignore had a postgame interview with Jack Jones, and they were, he was talking about Antonio Pierce's coaching style. And Jack Jones basically said, Antonio Pierce lets guys be themselves. Yeah, there's some re- responsibility when you're on the field, when you're off the field, handle yourself as a professional. But he's not babying guys. He's not forcing guys to conform to a certain culture. He lets them be themselves, and that is part of the Raider culture. And that's probably not probably, but that's part of why I became a Raider fans, because I saw players who were who were unabashedly themselves outlaws in the NFL. Yes, but they all had different personalities and it wasn't kind of like all buttoned up. You have to conform to this system, this culture that we have. I know I'm out in New York, so I'm used to uh, George Steinbrenner for having players cut their hair. You can't have long beards, You can't have long hair. You have to have this clean cut look. (laughs) With the Raiders, is the complete opposite. Come in as you are and be you and win football games. Yes. And I think that goes a long way with, one, treating adults like adults. When you go to your work, do you, you know you want to be treated as an adult, be able to be yourself. When you're not yourself or you feel like you're not yourself, you're not at your best. And I think that, again, that's part of the draw to Antonio Pierce. And Jack Jones said it. I'm sure a lot of other players feel the same way. And he gets it. He absolutely gets it. We want to talk about, you know, Cole saying, There is a Raider culture, as Raider 27 said. You want to talk about people saying, look, we don't need to conform to to be something else. We are who we are. And I think that's why Antonio Pierce is so attractive to a lot of fans. I get it. Because, again, I grew up the same way. This is part of the reason why I love the Raiders as a young teenager, as a young kid. Uh, But I also understand that, as you said, and as we pointed out, I don't know why people are overlooking this, but Jim Harbaugh is part of the Raider culture. He was a former quarterback. Max, coach on the staff when yeah. Al Davis was alive. So if it's not Antonio Pierce, who's some who's a candidate who knows the Raider culture, it's Jim Harbaugh.
2: Correct. <laughs> and not only that, but if you look at because I, I hear a lot of folks, and I know we're going to talk a lot about Harbaugh on tomorrow's show, but um, a lot of folks telling me he grates on the players. It's like McDaniel's. He's too hard on the players. While he is more old school. I mean, the guy's sixty years old. He's not a thirty-eight-year-old wonderkin coach like some of these guys that you're going to see in the next hiring cycle. But if you look at the 49ers, I know as much as Raider fans hate 49ers, if you look at the time when he was at the 49ers, he let his guys be his guy, like personality wise, you talked about Kaepernick and all that kind of stuff. That locker room, while he might be hard on them in one aspect, the other aspect of letting them be, that's why I don't, listen, I I wrote a story up on Sports Not this, this weekend about How Michael Lombardi, who comes on this show all the time, talked about how he could see Harbaugh with the Raiders because Harbaugh has at his core an appreciation for history and tradition. And so to me, that's and that's why Lombardi said he was. And remember, Lombardi's son just got fired from the Raiders. So anybody who thinks he's got an axe to grind against the Raiders, he's actually giving them a huge compliment saying that Harbaugh loves that. And Harbaugh was hired by Al Davis. He understands the Raider mystique, and the Raider culture. So if anybody would would gain the most from bringing back the Raiders, it's Jim Harbaugh. So so to your point, Antonio Pierce, Jim Harbaugh, I think cut from the same ilk. Different personalities, different backgrounds, of course. But to his point, I think they would let the Raider culture be the Raider culture.
1: If, if Harbaugh was a rigid coach like Josh McDaniels, his coaching style wouldn't work on the collegiate level.
2: No, he wouldn't have Josh a winning McDaniel- record.
1: Right. Josh McDaniels coach style wouldn't work with college kids. Josh McDaniels would be, in my opinion, I don't know this for sure, but just my prediction, my projection, Josh McDaniels would be a failure of a head coach on the collegiate level. His personality just doesn't match having to motivate young college athletes. Jim Harbaugh knows how to tap into young college athletes. I'm sure he lets those guys be themselves. If Jim Harbaugh wasn't that, if Jim Harbaugh wasn't a motivator... He wouldn't be a good college coach because let me tell you, that's a big part of being a successful college yeah. coach. You yeah, have and, to find and, ways to motivate young men.
2: Well, and Mo, the other thing here too is it, this is where a situation where perception is opposite of reality. And let me explain to you real quick before we hit the break here. Our last break is that people assume because Harbaugh's in college that he can boss around kids and he could be a hard ass and they can't do anything about it. It's the opposite. If any of you have kids in their teens or twenties right now, you're going to tell me those kids react well to Woody Hayes type coaches or Josh McDaniels type. No, that's why the Raiders in the NFL, that's why Josh McDaniels didn't relate to the players. Yes, you got veterans on that team, but who were the guys that it rubbed the wrong way? The worst probably are the younger guys. So Jim Harbaugh's able to do it in college. It's not in college like you're in jail and you have to do everything they say or you're going to get you're going to get you know, belted with some kind of paddle or something. No, you have to get buy-in from these young people who look at the world differently. So that's why the criticism of Harbaugh, and again, I'm not saying Harbaugh is the only answer. I'm just telling you the criticism is opposite of what it really is. You, To your point, you have to get buy-in, you have to be a motivator. And so people who say he would lose the Raider locker room are just full of crap. They don't even understand the dynamics of a locker room.
1: So I know we talk a lot about pearson harbaugh but let's remember there are going to be other candidates out sure. there. sure does ben johnson the uh, the lions offensive coordinator want the job what about mike mike mcdonald who's been a successful ravens defensive coordinator former assistant of jim harbaugh by the way frank Also uh, frank smith in miami who also knows the raider culture who could be a fit if you want to talk about culture uh, you also got Dan Quinn. A lot of people don't like retreads, but as I pointed out before, Dan Quinn has a history of building strong coaching stats. So I want to run this down again. He had Mike McDaniel before Mike McDaniel became a head coach. He had Kyle Shanahan before Kyle Shanahan became a head coach. He had Raheem Morris, who again may be a head coaching candidate because of what he's doing out there in Los Angeles. It's not a, it's not a shutdown defense, but a lot of people still like Raheem Morris. He was also on Dan Quinn's staff, along with Mike McDaniel, along with Kyle Shanahan. So there are going to be other candidates out there. Again, I know yes. we talked mostly about two, but I think those Pierce and Jim Harbaugh, we, we talked, we focused on Pierce and Harbaugh because that's what Raider Nation is discussing most right now. If you go Correct. on Twitter, if you go on X, whatever you want to call it, if you would go on Facebook, if you talk to people, a lot of people are talking Harbaugh. A lot of people are talking Tony Pierce. And there are, as usual, there are two camps. There's an Antonio Pierce camp. There's a Jim Harbaugh camp. And I will say there is a John Gruden camp that's still out there. Believe it or not, there is buzz that maybe Mark Davis hires John Gruden again. I would not be on board with that. John Gruden, as we know, in my opinion, John Gruden is a good play caller. But when it comes to building a football team, roster personnel decisions, not so good. I know some of the Gruden Mayo guys have played well recently. Malcolm Kuntz being one of them but do you trust John Gruden to build your team from the ground up? How many first round draft picks did the Raiders squander under John Gruden and Mike Mayock?
2: So I just want to put that out there. Conveniently, everybody wants to blame that on Mayock now, uh, which is not the case. So interesting. And listen, (laughs) there are, there are some really respectable people, people that have been on this show, people that I, that I, I highly regard as professional who say that the Gruden possibility actually exists I, I don't no. believe. I mean, I'm not calling them liars. I'm saying I don't believe it ever happens. I, I'd be willing to bet my right Scott, foot on that. Scott, I, with, I'm telling with, you, I just, I, I just don't look, see it happening. I don't see it. I tweet, I
1: tweeted this, I believe, in November after Josh McDaniels was fired uh, after Halloween, I believe, and and I said, and the Gruden stuff came up, and I said, no way. I mean, th- th- I mean, one, I'm not the type of person who loves to look in the rearview mirror. Like, just move on from that. Like, I I get it. He was, he resigned for reasons outside of football. But you also have to remember he has a, I believe, a pending lawsuit with the league. And there's just Mm -hmm. so many tentacles
2: to that. Leave that in the past and move on. I agree. I agree. All right. So, there you go. We're going to take our final break. We come back, we'll get to two. Pieces of mailbag. We'll get it to a voicemail from our good friend Jacob in Fresno and also Richard in Texas with an email. You're listening to Silver and Black Today with Mo and Scott. We're coming back right after these words. Welcome back. It's time for the home stretch here on the mailbag edition of Silver and Black Today. Yes, on a Wednesday. Yes, we put it out a little later. We're recording it on Wednesday here, so we're almost live, not quite live, but same day. So there you go. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your your podcast. Just look for Silver and Black today and put on that auto download. That way you always get it. If you're with us on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the notifications bell so you know when we are either live or when we have a new video drop. Yes, we appreciate that. The chat there is always great. Uh, He is Mo Moten. He is my partner here. He is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on X at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at L V Gully. Bunch of new Raider content. Not only Mo's stuff on Blitz Report, but his stuff on Sports. Now I also have a couple pieces this week on that. I will have a piece Mo this week later, I believe on Friday, on the hiring process. A lot of a lot of mis, misunderstanding on how the hiring process works. With if Antonio Pierce does get the job, you can't just name him the coach because of the Rooney Rule. You got to go through the whole process of interviewing, even though he's African American. I know it seems counterintuitive. Nonetheless, you have to go through the process. And yes, you have to go through that same process with the general manager. I've advocated that that Champ Kelly become the permanent general manager, but they have to interview others. So I'm doing a piece on the Raiders and the process and what that looks like. So look for that. Mo, what do you got coming up this week? Got a
1: sports not sports not piece coming up. Um, I know a lot of people want to say week 18. For non-playoff teams, it's not important. It's a meaningless game. I wouldn't say it's a meaningless game because you have guys who are going to be hitting free agency in 2024. You have rookies who would want to end the season on a strong note. Aiden O'Connell, Tyree Wilson, uh, those guys, I'm sure, want to end on a strong note because they want to show whoever the head coach is going to be that, you know, they could be contributors for the long term. And you don't know what that head coach or what that new coach staff is going to look for in these players, so you want to put good film on tape. It's your last chance to do it. You want to take advantage of every opportunity. Even Zamir White, if the Raiders don't resign Josh Jacobs, you think Zamir White wants to go out with a bang because he could be the lead running back for the Raiders in twenty twenty four. Now, I'm not saying one game changes your perception of a player, but you want to end on the upswing because you never, you don't know what your what your standing is going to be with the team. If a new coach staff is brought in,
2: good point. So make sure you check out sportsnot.com for that uh, and more. So there you go. All right, let's get to our last pieces of mail here before we end the show. We went longer for a mailbag show, but that's okay. Uh, Don't forget, we will be back tomorrow with our full regular Thursday show. Here's Jacob from Fresno.
3: Get. Gully, 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 go, Benson. Aaron Midtown Moe. <laughs> this is Jacob from Fresno once again. <laughs> and I've got a great question for you. Sorry about that laugh. I'll try not to do that again. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking, you know, AP, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same fear as Murph on this whole coach issue. I want AP back. The guy has done a great job. All that being said, if the opportunity presented itself, let's say one Mark Davis gets uh, a bit of a hankering for that offensive minded coach and Jim Har- Harbaugh pre- presents himself, I think that it would be acceptable. But what say you if Patrick Graham were to get an offer and leave the Raiders? and go off and be a a head coach somewhere else or maybe a D.C. somewhere else because he prefers the money, whatever happens. The point is Patrick Graham's no longer with us. If that happens, we bring back AP as the new D.C. Max Crosby's fired up. The team is loving it. And we have a great offensive mind at the helm with a guy like Jim Harbaugh. I think a great offensive coordinator – would be a guy like David Shaw coming out of Stanford. But a lot of people say he's got a head coaching job. What do you guys think about all that? Do you think I'm way off base? Do you think no way that's never going to happen? Is that unprecedented to see an interim come back as a D.C.? Anyway, wanted to get you guys a take on that. Appreciate it. Great.
2: <laughs> there you go. Jacob from <laughs> Fresno. It. Great call. Mo, I'll let you start with this. Uh, Antonio Pierce, if he doesn't get the job, Jim Harbaugh comes in. Could he be the D.C.?
1: I think a lot of people love that idea because a lot of people have already talked about, well, if Antonio Pierce doesn't get the head coaching job, would he be interested in coming back as an associate head coach? You he can bump up his salary. He can be a defensive coordinator so he can get some coordinating experience. I think that would be the best of both worlds. That would be the definition of having your cake and eating it, too, because now you get the proven head coach and Jim Harbaugh, who's won before on both the NFL and the collegiate level, and then you get the the motivator who – Let's be honest. Turned around a mess in Las Vegas and Antonio Pierce and a lot of people are backing him. And you get both guys who are familiar with the Raider culture. So I think that would be the in my opinion, that would be the perfect scenario. Antonio Pierce can worry about the defense and continue to give that defense some swag and elevate those players on that level. And then Jim Harbaugh can overhaul the offense, develop a quarterback and the Raiders will have a balanced team. Now, would Jim Harbaugh work with Antonio Pierce? Would Antonio Pierce work with Jim Harbaugh? That's questions, those are questions that I can't answer. Uh, who knows what Har- who Harbaugh would want as his DC? Uh, usually, head coaches come in. They want their guys. I don't know if, if Antonio Pierce and Jim Harbaugh have a, a relationship or not. But I will say, again, that would be for fans, I think. Listening to fans and what they want, that would be yeah. the best case scenario. Because a lot of people who like Antonio Pierce like I do and just have concerns about, okay, what is he going to do with the offense? Well, what can I, I can guess be on board with Jim Harbaugh working with the offense and then keeping Antonio Pierce who again shown that he can coach defense because he is the linebackers coach. So again, that's actually a great call and a great suggestion that I haven't thought of. It's just the fact that when Antonio Pierce come back, under that capacity and work work with Jim Harbaugh and does Jim Harbaugh want to work with Antonio Pierce?
2: Yeah. And it comes down to that. I've seen a lot of people as a, as a negative of considering Harbaugh. Well, he's going to want to be like Gruden and be the GM and all that kind of stuff. Now I do think that if you look at his history in San Francisco, he had a bad relationship with the GM in San Francisco. And that was part of the reason why he left. Okay. I don't Mm -hmm. think that has to be, that means that he has to be GM. I don't think I've not seen anything that Jim Harbaugh wants to have a role like John Gruden had. I think he wants more input and more control over the roster. So you would have to have a GM that would be willing to work with him. So I think the GM the GM coach relationship if it was Harbaugh would have to be something that Harbaugh signs off on, but I don't think he would have complete control. But when it comes to coaching staff, he would have complete control to your point. But I love, I love Jacob's recommendation. Um, And if it were to work out to your point, Mo, I think it would be uh, the best of both worlds. Okay. Jacob and Fresno. Thanks, man. We appreciate the call. Our last uh, mailbag piece of the week before we get out of here is from Richard. It says, Hey guys, happy new year. And thanks for great content all season long. Thank God. You're not like many content creators who just tell people what they want to hear. It would be easier. We wouldn't have to deal with some of the stuff we deal with. But thank you, Richard. We appreciate that. (laughs) I, for one, love Antonio Pierce. But if we can make a run at Jim Harbaugh, how can you be a Raiders fan and not be excited about that? The way I look at it is this if it's Pierce, great. If it's Harbaugh, great. We win both ways. Now let's get a quarterback and to quote Mo, make sure they're functionally mobile (laughs) and a a playmaking quarterback. Thanks guys from Richard in the Lone Star State. That's Richard in Frisco, Texas. Thank you, Richard. Mo, um, yeah, I, I, I like his attitude. I think there's a lot of Raider fans in the same boat, which is they love Antonio Pierce. If he gets the job, they'll be very happy. If Jim Harbaugh was the guy, they'd be very happy about that too. Uh, and so you kind of, if you're a Raiders fan, you just want to make sure that whoever comes in is able to kind of get this thing going. And that starts with that quarterback position. Functionally
1: mobile. I like how that's now catching on. Oh yeah. Shout out <laughs> to emailer on that one. Um, it's very much a popular thing on, on the X art right now when it talks, when I talk about, uh, quarterbacks, Michael Penix, by the way, functionally mobile, he showed yes, it yes. against Texas. But I will – just to get to uh, our emailer, the Raiders have a big – we talked about this at NOSA. The Raiders have a big decision coming up. And I know a lot of people are in, as I said, certain camps. Like there's the Antonio Pierce camp. There's the Jim Harbaugh camp. There's also the let's get an offensive-minded head coach. That's not Jim Harbaugh camp because Jim Harbaugh may wear people out after five years, you know. (laughs) So I I understand – I understand all the camps and all the perspectives of where people are coming from. But as our one anonymous caller said, I think you have to let the season ride out. You got one more week left, take a deep breath, let the emotions run out of you because a lot of times after, after games, I see it on the X, a lot of emotion going around. Win or lost. There's a lot of emotional comments. There are a lot of emotional thoughts. And I think that goes for people who are in the front office, who are, who own a business. Sometimes you have to just take a step back, take a week off, take a step back, reevaluate the situation with a clear mind without the emotion of the season, without the emotion of people saying, You gotta hire this guy, you gotta hire that guy. Consult some people who are knowledgeable. Again, to that anonymous caller's point, Mark Davis should have some, someone who's more knowledgeable in football than he is. And then you make the decision, but you don't make the decision before the season's over, two days after the season. Because remember, when Tashaun rewrote that piece, he, it was revealed that Mark Davis knew that he wanted Josh McDaniels before the offseason hit. So he had made up his mind before the season was over. And that's what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the opposite of what you want to do. You want to have a clear mind, an open, a wide-open net, and some guys in your head who are going to give you the right ideas about what to look for in a good head coach, what may work for the long term, not just the short term, because you're trying to build something here. And then you make the decision.
2: Right. And that's why you go in. It's week 18 after the game's over. Uh, he drinks his 14 bottles of water, as we've seen in the last couple games. And then Monday you hit the ground and you say, OK, what are we going to do? You sit down with a piece of paper and you say, OK, let's start to think about what the plan is. Who am I going to interview? What's the mm-hmm. deal? Where are we going from here? And then you move forward. So to your point, have that open mind. Antonio Pierce clearly has put himself in a nice position to 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 okay. be a finalist for that role, and we'll see what happens with the rest of it. All right, we're going to get out of here. That Oh, yeah, go ahead, Mo. You want some last one, words one for thing. Mo Moten, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> if, if
1: Jim Harbaugh goes back to Michigan, which is possible that he could go back or, or becomes the head coach of another team. Now, we don't know who the other candidates are attached to the job outside of Harbaugh, Gruden, and, and Pierce, but if Harbaugh doesn't want the job, I would guess that Antonio Pierce is the clear cut front runner. And again, we don't know who else is in the mix for this, but to me, it would have to, if Jim Harbaugh is not available, it would have to be Antonio Pierce in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And there's, there could be surprise names we have not even thought of yet. And I assume that'll happen. Okay, we're going to get out of here for this Wednesday. We will be back tomorrow with our regular full show on Thursday. And tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about the Harbaugh stuff, the latest on that and what's going on there. Also, we're going to talk about how we should think about how the Raiders should just blow up that offense. Just just gut it and go from 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 a new position. And that starts with the quarterback, of course. And then we'll also preview the Broncos game. All of that and more, including special one-on-one time with Midtown Mo on tomorrow's show here on silver and black today. Mo, I will talk to you tomorrow, man. Talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. For Mo Mo and for our producer, Mike Robier. I am Scott and This has been silver and black today, the mailbag edition. Thank you to everybody who sent in their messages and their voicemail. A reminder, 702 702-900, That's 702-900-7869. If you want to get in on the action next week, and be part of the mailbag after the... I, I recommend waiting till after the result of the game Sunday. Give us a call and we'll put you on the show next week. Everyone from everyone here at Silver and Black today, have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you tomorrow.